Do you desire to turn your passion into income? Connect with other creative souls who also dance to the beat of their own drum? I'm Marie Nicole and I'm devoted to combining beauty, uniqueness and connection in everyday living experiences. As a creative professional and Dharma coach, I help people connect to the truth of who they are and facilitate them in embodying their uniqueness. It is my hope in this podcast that I inspire you to live your life on your terms and earn your income through being uniquely you. After all, it's the unique thread that we each contribute to the collective tapestry that creates the whole. Before going into today's podcast topic, I'd like to share some information from our sponsor, Hum Sound Therapy. Peter and Connie have been sharing their passions together for the past nine years, developing a unique heart-based sound experience, expanding hearts into the benefits of sound and energy healing, using a variety of instruments, including crystal singing bowls, gong, Native American flute, didgeridoo, drums, chimes, and more. Peter is also a biofield practitioner, working one-on-one in-person and distance sessions. They are both passionate about sharing sound vibration and creating an environment where you can drop into your heart and feel, enabling a full-bodied experience. A quote from these beautiful-hearted humans themselves, our work is to be of service, to share our love, guide and nurture you back to your inner wisdom and reclaim your personal song through sound and energy dropping into your heart, raising your hum of life. I can personally vouch for the truly magical and healing experiences you will receive through their sound journeys and biofield tuning sessions. So to connect with them and their offerings, visit their website and follow their journeys on social media. Links are in the show notes. Thank you, Hum Sound Therapy, for sponsoring this podcast and now for today's episode. Today's guest, Tara Winters, is an award-winning coach, money teacher, intuitives, speaker, writer, and mother of three. Her first career as a corporate accountant saw her working in Australia and the UK for companies such as Goldman Sachs, News Corp, and Lendlease. After almost 20 years of hiding her spirituality while climbing the corporate ladder and playing down her money wisdom in the spiritual world, she now integrates her masculine and feminine energy to create a life of joy, freedom, and abundance. With deep wisdom, a loving heart, and a treasure trove of spiritual and financial tools, she supports her clients to create an abundant relationship with money and with themselves. She strongly believes that people who feel abundant in their lives financially and otherwise have the power to change the world. And I love this line from her bio on the website where one of my greatest learnings in recent years is that pieces of paper cannot capture the full richness of lived experience. But that said, qualifications can and do hold an important place. So here are some of hers. Bachelor of Business in Accounting and Finance, Graduate Diploma of Chartered Accounting, Internationally Accredited and Award-Winning Coach, and Certificate 4 in Training and Assessment. So I was telling Tara earlier that when I first heard her speak on another podcast, I recorded her details in the hope that one day she would run a workshop at Creators Nets my commercial space, which I still had at the time and had no plans to close, 
But then it dawned on me a few weeks ago after closing it that I could still have her wisdom shared with my audience through the podcast instead. So I reached out to her and here we are. So welcome Tara to Business to Your Own Beat, the podcast, and thank you so much for making time to be here and share parts of your lived experience with us. Thank you for having me, Marie-Nicole. This is so exciting to be here today. I'm so glad you are. So can you share with us a bit of your background story, um, how you started your business and the connection between spirituality and finances? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as as you mentioned, I have a 20-year history in the corporate accounting world and that was really born of my good girl and people-pleasing era where I went into a career that uh, would make my parents proud and uh, that would look successful to the outside world because that's what I was uh, told was success. And I uh, was in that, that career and had like a sneaky spiritual side that I didn't show in the corporate world because it would be, you know, a very career-limiting move to do that. I'm also highly intuitive and I read tarot cards. So there were lots of like whispered conversations about tarot readings and um, I'm just naturally a person that holds space for people. So I would always have uh, conversations with my colleagues about the big stuff going on in their lives. Um, but there came a point when I was probably at the height of my career um, and I was working at the European head office of a global investment bank and I just had this moment, which I remember so clearly, where I looked around and saw all these people who earned just loads and loads of money. They had all the trappings of success that we're all told, you know, the, the luxury cars and the holiday homes and private education for the kids and everything. And I looked around and it struck me that I couldn't really see anyone that looked that happy with their lives. And I knew that that was the trajectory I was on and it kind of made me take a pause and realise that that all the things that I was aiming for to create happiness in my own life may in fact not end with happiness. And so I went on a little bit of a spiritual path, went uh, seeking uh, where I could find happiness in other ways and that led me into doing things like yoga and meditation and reconnecting with my soul, which was so beautiful and is still very much a part of my life. Uh, but one thing that I did notice when I was in these beautiful soulful circles of people is that I noticed a lot of people had issues with money, but they didn't. Um, a lot of them didn't have the money that they wanted to live the lives that they wanted to, or there was like a disdain for money or a distaste around it. And almost like in some instances, a, a low-key hatred of money, which I can completely understand, like completely. The capitalism has uh, done, us, done us over in many ways. And so I continued to live a little bit of a double life. And in the corporate world, I kept my spiritual self hidden. And in the spiritual world, I kept the fact that I was good with money hidden because I didn't want to be judged as like a greedy, materialistic person. And so uh, it took me a while to bring the two together in my own life. Yeah, so that transition that you made from being uh, living your two lives, what did that look like? 
and then coming, bringing it together, starting your business? So it wasn't a clean, neat, linear path like I think for most of us. It was uh, messy in many respects and there was a series of smaller kind of spiritual awakenings, I would call them, where um, I had, along the way, I had three children and um, had them quite close together, had them in four years and as much of a blessing as that was, and I, I know how, how blessed I am to ha- be able to have kids, uh, it it really threw my perfectionist good girl tendencies out the window because I really couldn't maintain the, the controlled um, life that I had. And so I kind of just slowly started unravelling from what I thought I was aiming for and there was like a lot of messy middle liminal space where I was just kind of going through the motions and then I'd say a period of about five years I just started winding back from things that I thought I had to do but weren't making me happy and slowly introducing things that did bring me joy and quite often they were just simple, joyful abundance, you know, just spending more time in nature, connecting um, on a more real level with people, taking off the mask of perfection and uh, over that time just really getting back in touch with my intuition and following intuitive signs. And uh, that actually led me to listening to a podcast one day which was um, Julie Parker the founder of Beautiful You Life Coaching Academy was being guest interviewed on a podcast and I remember listening to her speaking about life coaching and I was just walking around my neighbourhood and I had to stop in my tracks and I had, you know, full body goosebumps and time and space stopped. It was like frozen in space and for me that's a really strong sign from my intuition that this is a direction I need to go in. And so... It took me a while because my logical mind kept coming up with all the reasons why I shouldn't do it, but I eventually uh, did the Beautiful You Coaching Academy life uh, coaching course and uh, that led me to stepping into life coaching. And at the time, having had the 20 years of, of corporate career behind me, it felt really, really scary, uncertain. Um, I was worried about how people would judge me, how it would look. Uh, but I just, I tried not to put pressure on myself to make a career out of it, actually. I I just thought I'm going to do this for the, the personal growth, the self-development. Um, it, you know, coaching when you've got three kids is, is never a bad skill to have. And so I kind of started stepping into it in that way. But if I'm truly honest, deep down in my heart, it's what I really, really wanted to do. It's what I wanted to create a business around and um it's who I really feel I am, you know, deep down is, is I'm meant to be a coach. So how, how long did it take you to go from being full-time in your corporate career to then actually full-time in your coaching? So I, well, I was part-time in my work at the time in the corporate world because um, I had the, the three kids who were very young and I then... Hmm, good question. I did the course and I probably beyond doing the course was probably another six months of doing both things side by side um, and lots of, you know, burning the midnight oil, trying to get a business up and running, trying to keep my foot 
in my doing my job properly and uh, bringing up my kids and so it was yeah probably six months later that I had a really raw and honest conversation with my husband and said look I really feel like it's time to jump and I'm really scared but I feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing you know can we do this and um I was very lucky to have his support in that and, you know, although he was probably really uncertain and very nervous about it too, we agreed for me to give it six months to, to give it a go. And I have to say at the end of the six months, I was like, can I please have another six months? <laughs> because, um, oh, look, I, I, I'm sure if anyone who's ever had a business knows this. Um, I remember being told this by people, but I didn't uh, like 100% clearly. I didn't 100% believe it until I walked it myself. Building a business is really hard work and um, there can be a long period of time where you're putting in lots of energy and you're not seeing the results in terms of, you know, financially seeing the dollars rolling in because there's a lot of building to do and a lot of, you know, all the things like the website and the socials and the connections and just understanding who you're here to, you know, serve and what, what you're meant to be doing. And so it felt um, it felt like a real risk. Uh, and, and being really connected to my why during that time was the, the most important and fundamental thing that I could do because uh, unlike my previous life, there was no money connected to the work I was doing in the beginning. And, and no job description, really. <laughs> like, <laughs> you make that up as you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I and, and just on, on the business thing too is that, um, you know, quite often in business, like your income does, even, you know, once you're established, your income can go up and down every month, like depending on economic conditions and what's happening with you and, and all sorts of things. And I noticed that that, my sense of self, my sense of validate, like my self-worth, validation, that was starting to track up and down with the, the business income too. And um, part of my healing around money was to separate myself from that and to really connect in with my self-worth and really self-love totally unattached from money because capitalism would have us believe that our worth is how much we own or how much we earn and um, I absolutely absorbed that messaging uh, very clearly and so it took um, walking that path of, of having little to, to nothing coming in to really understand that that was a lot of my patterning as well. Yeah, yeah, and your worth is not based on your monetary value. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So when you, before you actually started working with clients in the money area, so you went into life coaching, but you weren't necessarily focusing on finances in that. So is that right? Yeah, I was kind of, I was doing money and spirituality alongside each other, which was would have been potentially confusing. Um, but in the beginning, I was... I was just kind of, I guess it was very gene generic or general in terms of like just reconnecting people with their soul and, and what they want to do and what would make them happy. Um, but as I kept um, 
practicing and, and kept doing the work, uh, I noticed a clear pattern coming through of um, people feeling that they either had to choose money or choose their soul. And I, I, I saw this was like quite a, a strong theme in in other people, but also in myself. And, and that's when I started looking at how to weave the two together. Yeah, beautiful. So I have a question for you, um, which is not about struggle, but what came to you effortlessly that surprised you along the journey of starting your own business? I think it's the connecting with other people, connecting with humans um, on a very real level, not seeing people as potential sales, you know, dollars or clients, but just uh, really wanting to connect with people. And the byproduct of that has been that it, it's fed beautifully into creating um, really aligned business, but that was never my intention and is still not when it comes to human connection. Like I just, that is so soul nourishing for me to, to have honest, deep conversations <laughs> with people. It's who I really am. And so having had a career where I felt like I had to work really, really hard in the corporate world to be successful, now I find that I just get to use my natural gifts and abilities and who I really am and that gets to be enough. Like that's, you know, the work can be easeful. So you're attracting your clients. Um, does that feel like that's just through being yourself rather than selling yourself to people? Yeah, I think mostly like for me, um, I'm not – like I, I'm not like really big like I'm on social media and, and I absolutely use that as a beautiful tool but I'm not like a really hardcore sales type person I'm, I'm much more like I know personally that I like to you know when I've hired coaches or or worked personally with anyone I've like really needed to get to know them a little bit before I started working with them um, there's a degree of uh, safety and comfort that that gives me and so um, yeah, I feel like just being myself and being open to conversation and putting myself into groups and uh, spaces where that conversation is encouraged and allowed, it really has been a beautiful tool for business growth too. That's lovely. Um, so have there been obstacles in finding your clients or do you feel like it's just kind of, oh, it's all flowing towards me now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, there's definitely been obstacles. Like I don't want to, I never ever want to give the the glossy version and and not the real one. Um, yeah, look, I think the the main obstacle for me originally was getting clear on what who I was here to serve because um, because I did have the money element. So I would often speak about. Um, money stories, money blocks, money mindset, our relationship with money and all that kind of thing. And in the back of my head, I was terrified of being judged as being unspiritual uh, because I talked about money so much. And then I would also speak about spiritual things and uh, I ran um, a sacred circle and talk a lot about soulful things, uh, you know, publicly. And I always had in the back of my head that, I would be judged as being unprofessional and a weirdo. And so uh, it felt really hard in, in that way to attract my clients because I wasn't really clear who I was speaking to. 
And so no one else will probably was quite clear on who that I was speaking to them. Um, and I had to heal that within me and to really notice how in my own life I've used, um, like how money elevates, you know, my soul's experience of this life on earth and how my spirituality really can elevate my level of feeling abundant um, internally. Like spirituality to me is feeling rich on the inside and money is feeling rich on the outside and how actually those two are so, so related and intertwined um, much more than I think most of us realise. And once I got really clear on that internally for myself and started speaking out to it, that's when clients started to um, get, be really clear on whether I was able to serve them or not. But it took a lot of – also, I, when you're selling a service, it feels like you are selling you, and that can feel really icky um, because, like, I mean, first of all, we've been conditioned not to you know, blow our own trumpets too much, right, and not be too big for our boots and not be – like all those things that – um, we're probably conditioned into it as, as little kids. But also, um, yeah, I've had to learn to, like, consider myself the bridge between the service that I'm providing and the the clients that could really benefit from that service rather than me seeing myself as selling me. I'm, I'm selling something that I believe can truly, truly be of service. Uh, but, yeah, there's been so many learnings along the way, I think, um, business has been my biggest tool for self-development and personal growth just in all the edges I've had to meet around marketing and sales and and money as well even though like I I may um, be more comfortable with money than the average person I still meet many edges in business around that too so yeah it's it's definitely not been plain sailing it's still not plain sailing um but I, I see each thing as a, an opportunity to lean into growth. Beautiful. Now, previously you, um, before we were recording, talking about setting your pricing and how how that felt. <laughs> Can you speak to that a little bit more for, for people who are starting out and feel like they're just asking to be paid for something that they would do anyway is often an obstacle where they go, oh, but I, I talk to people and help them, so how can I charge them? So how did you go about setting your pricing and getting over that? I love this question so much because in it um, there's an assumption that we have to work really, really hard for money, which is one of my money blocks, right? Like if something comes easily and naturally and we would do it anyway, that we shouldn't charge for it. Um, and that's definitely something that I would love to challenge and uh, support people through. But for me personally, I absolutely had that because I I was that person that people talked to. Like even as a kid in the playground, I was always like the, 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 the wise old soul, the mini old lady sitting in the playground counselling people through things. And so, um, yeah, sitting prices is a very personal way to come like you know money becomes front and center because you feel like you're putting a value on you and um there really can be this idea in I'm sure in many industries but coaching industry certainly is that the um 
the more successful you are and the, the further along the path you are, that the more you should charge and that your if your prices aren't super high, then, you know, your money mindset's wrong or you're, um, yeah, you're not successful enough. And I um, am in the very privileged and fortunate position that I um, I'm financially free. I don't need to work. Um, it's something I've cultivated and created. And part of that is knowing how much is enough. Um, you know, I, I live a very simple life, to be honest. And so in my pricing, I wanted to make sure that it, I separated myself from any feelings of like the price reflects value or uh, anything about me personally but instead uh, was more a reflection of just the, the energy exchange and making sure that it was as, you know, it was nourishing and sustainable for me as it was for my clients. And so um, I don't buy into the, the really high prices mean that it, the coaching or the service is any more valuable. And, and I like to set mine at, at a level that it would absolutely be, um, you know, I'm not kidding myself that it's accessible to everybody. Like I, I understand um, that particularly in these economic times that like there are a lot of people that are really, you know, suffering. Um, but I try and set it at a level that's not beyond you know, most people and, and build in payment plans and all sorts of things. But I think it's really important not to get caught up in that narrative of your prices reflect your value as a human, the, the value of the service you're offering or the value of anything that you buy, like anything in the world. Value does not equate to dollars. Like prices are a completely made up thing and money is a completely made up thing. And so I think we're all doing ourselves a disservice if we're like racing to the top with prices to prove how valuable we or our services are. And and I agree with that completely. And our circumstances are all different too. Like I think of moving from Sydney to the country and thinking the country would be cheaper to live in and electricity was higher. Um, we have to travel more. I mean, electricity is higher because there's not as many houses using the grid that's been put in. So we pay more for the electricity out here. And then on top of that, you've got to spend more on actually getting to where you want to go and everything you have to drive to. And so it's like when you look at cost of living, yeah, the house might be cheaper, but the actual day-to-day -day runnings is not cheaper. So you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, because you're in the country, it's going to cost me less to use you than someone in the city. There's a whole range of factors that I don't think people consider when it comes to setting your prices. It's not just... Yep, that's an industry standard. No, there's more to it than that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there's, like, so much work to be done, even in that tiny decision of setting your prices. And, you know, when you feel like it might be time to increase your prices and that, like, feeling of nausea you get and thinking, oh, my God, like you're feeling really vulnerable to judgment or attack, usually from yourself more than anybody else. Um, but I particularly in, like, the... I would consider myself an empath and an intuitive and we can quite often uh, like be overgivers and be really highly attuned with other people's emotions and almost identify with the way other people are feeling more than, than we are feeling in many instances and it can cause 
blurry boundaries around pricing as well and um, giving really unsustainably and not being able to support yourself and your nervous system and all that kind of thing. So, gosh, just pricing itself is the biggest uh, self-development edge, but but also, yeah, there's so many topics within that to, to dive into as well. Absolutely. So with the clients you work with, um, is there a pattern that you see that's a common pattern? People struggle with, I guess, is probably the, the, a pattern of behaviour, a pattern of thinking. Um, do you find that there is kind of a common thread that runs through? And, and if so, um, do you have any advice on how to overcome that one common pattern that you see? Oh, okay. I love this question. And there are absolutely common patterns. There are also really unique things to each person and their lived experience and their um, ancestry and, and that kind of thing. Um, trying to think of the most common pattern I see. I think the, the, the overall uh, um, arching, overarching pattern here is that a lot of people feel like they have to choose money or soul um, and even if you don't think that on a conscious level, I think subconsciously a lot of people do think, okay, I'm going to go for the really, really high-paying job or the well-paying job um, that is absolutely soul-sucking and I hate it, um, or I'm going to go into um, a, you know, a business or a career that I really love, that really speaks to who I am, that really is what I'm here to do, um, but I can't make any money out of it. And uh, I think... They're the big patterns I see. And within the the more soulful, spiritually minded community, I think there's a level of feeling like if I uh, am abundant, if I have money flowing into my business, it's going to hurt somebody else on another level. Like it's almost like feeling guilty for charging clients money because if I gain, you must lose out and the idea that I'd love to offer here is um, I think the way our brains interpret money is like a pie, like a um, pie diagram. My brain thinks in charts and, and graphs because <laughs> of the accounting background. Um, but we think there's this limited pie and we each get a piece of the pie. And so, you know, my piece of the pie might be bigger than your piece of the pie and uh, in terms of money. And that creates a level of scarcity, like an, an idea that we're in competition, that if, you know, if I get more, then by definition you get less. And um, that's, you know, when people talk about scarcity mindset, it really is about that, you know, you've got to fight to keep your patch and um, compete with everybody else. Whereas if you really think about the way money works on a really, really basic level, there's no, like, finite amount of money. It's actually always flowing around and so if I spend a hundred dollars um you know going to the florist and buying you know a beautiful bunch of flowers the florist is then going to use that money yes to pay their suppliers but also a profit is going to be used to you know take their family out for dinner maybe one night and then the restaurateur is going to use their profit to um buy some beautiful candles for their house or whatever it is. But that money, the same $100 note, theoretically could circulate through unlimited pairs of hands and in each pair of hands it can bring a meaning or joy or comfort or pleasure or 
connection or what, whatever that pair of hands uses that money for. And I think when you start seeing money as something that's in eternal flow and um, you, you kind of zoom out from that scarcity mindset and, and tap more into the abundance mindset. And you also, um, if you're a really big-hearted, kind human that cannot bear the thought of thriving at somebody else's expense, you, you can see that you're not thriving at somebody else's expense, that the money is flowing into your hands, but also when you spend it in ways that feel really aligned with you and really speak to your values, then you're flowing it in beautiful ways too and that, in fact, the more money that circulates through your hands as a, you know, soulful, aware, conscious person, the the more you can contribute to, to that on earth really because you're, you're circulating it in ways that are aligned with you. And it takes away that feeling of like um, selfishness and greed and I'm taking away from other people. So I think that idea there has been um, something that's really supported a lot of my more soulful and spiritually minded clients to really step away from that idea of like I cannot thrive without somebody else losing out. Yeah, I love that. And it makes me think of a quote from when I was doing my coaching certification and um, on money, um, talking about how money in your hands makes the world a better place because of the choices that we make as sole purpose-based people, we're actually going to fund other people that are engaged in their sole purpose and they're usually doing things for the good of the collective. It's not a, a selfish way of operating with money. So, yeah, we need more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Um, so I have a question about you personally now. We've like your daily practices and maintaining your own health and well-being. What is it you do on a daily basis, especially now that you work for yourself and you are the face of your business? And you know, without keeping your health and well-being, it doesn't exist, and you can't support your clients. Yeah. Look, I've learned the hard way. <laughs> I have to say, um, having your own business means that it can be often a lot harder to switch off at the end of the day, if if possible. Um, and you know, I I'm someone that you know I like being a night owl, but I have found myself very prone to like putting a hundred percent into my business and putting a hundred percent into my kids, and like you know, we all know that the maths doesn't work there, and. Uh, now, especially, you know, as I get older, I realise that my my body tells me when it has been, probably, you know, not had the break, not had the, the love and the care that it's needed. And so um, I'm much more conscious of calling on to on my spiritual practices now and I try to get out for a walk most days if I can, just um, almost like a walking meditation because um, I don't always have time for a, a meditation in my day where it feels like I don't have enough time. And so, um, yeah, a walk. I, before I start my work every day, I do full um, journal cards and just give it, you know, like the, it, I guess it is a meditation, but it's a quiet prayer of gratitude um, that I get to do this work and asking that uh, whatever wants to come through me to serve today, let, may it come through me. And um, the oracle cards are nice to keep me, oh, like, just in tune with myself and, and maybe messages that, that might be supportive for me to hear today. Um, I, 
I have my uh, my beautiful my office space here is in the garden, and I find that just even between client calls, like walking barefoot on the grass, grounds me, um, and just you know, nature is my medicine. I I, I quickly notice if I haven't been uh, getting my nature fix, um, I start to get quite antsy and um, I'm no good really as either a, a business owner or a coach or a mum. It, it, yeah, it all kind of starts getting a bit wobbly. And so, um, yeah, I, I get out into nature as often as I can. Uh, but ultimately, you know, it's not – I don't believe in balance every day. Uh, I think it's impossible uh, as someone who's balancing – children and work and myself and so I just learned to lean into you know over periods of time whether it's you know just for today or for this week or this month whether I need to lean into supporting my kids more or whether I need to support into uh, lean into supporting myself more or lean into growing my business or it feels like a constant dance that I have to um yeah just keep an eye on and and look after myself sounds like finding your flow like the, the water going down the river and just you know weaving its way through rocks it's not trying to push it all in one go it's just like find the flow yeah absolutely it does feel like that and and I, I don't always get it right <laughs> I quickly find out if I haven't gotten it right but it yeah, it, it's life, isn't it? Like, you know, and then you can get thrown a curveball and you've got to figure your way through that. And so I think that flexibility is absolutely essential as a, as a business owner. Oh, absolutely. Just in life in general, right? Yeah. yeah. So you have a program coming up which is called Freedom and it's that six-week immersion program. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about that and what it involves and how people can find out how to join you on that journey. Thank you. Uh, yes, I'm so excited about it. It is um, coming back again. I do it once a year. It's uh, going to start up in early August and the details will be on my website uh, shortly in the next week <laughs> or two. And it's um, it's a six-week immersion where we have weekly coaching calls and it's a really small group program, which I really, really love, you know, no more than six people because I really think there is so much value in just going deep on our money stories and, and speaking out where, like, from the day we were born, really, and even be beyond that, like, our ancestry um, about where our money stories may have come from. And uh, the first three weeks is really about unwinding like identifying patterns, seeing where we might be um, sabotaging ourselves or falling into unconscious patterns around money and starting to like replace those stories, give our brains evidence that other things are possible and start uh, just unwinding from our blocks. And then the second half of the program is manifesting and working with the energy of money and really using like our internal riches to manifest external riches and it's I often find in the the spiritual world that people can jump straight to the manifesting bit and I think that does everybody a disservice because we can't see how we're getting in our own way and blocking energy and, and blocking our manifestations and so I love to do that and then for each of the six weeks there's 
uh, a video masterclass and uh, self-inquiry workbook that comes out just to help to, to shift those patterns. Um, but, yeah, it is, it's a very immersive program, but people come out the other end with a completely different relationship with money, which is exactly why I do it and I love it so much. That's fantastic. Well, I'll share a link to your website in the show notes for sure so people can jump on board with that. So you only offer this once a year? Yeah, I only offer it once a year. I do work one-to-one with people um, and I'm actually at the moment trialling, delivering that course content on a one-to-one basis with people so that, uh, who want individual coaching. Um, but as a group program, it, yeah, it runs once a year. Fantastic. And that, there's benefit to that too because then you see other people going through the, the journey alongside of you and learn through their experience as well. Yeah, I actually think uh, group coaching can be more valuable than one-to-one coaching quite often and particularly when it comes to money, it's so incredibly healing to hear other people's stories of how they've grown up around money because quite often they can speak to something that you've experienced but you haven't been able to quite name or articulate or um, it's just really liberating to talk about money because we don't talk about it and, and look, some dollar figures are dropped in there like, and there's no pressure to but, you know, sometimes I'll ask the question or questions like, you know, what's the, the maximum money that you feel comfortable having in your bank account or that you've ever had in your bank account? And, you know, people will speak out like, oh, look, I've noticed that when I hit, uh, $3,000 that I start sabotaging it and, you know, uh, spending it on things I don't really want or need and um, I hit an upper limit there and other people might hit that same limit at a different dollar value but they recognise the pattern in themselves and so there's something really, really healing about doing it together in a group. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Wow, Amazing. I'll hopefully join you there. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to have you. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to know if there's anything else that you feel called to share today that you think is important that you intuitively have felt that we need to hear or the audience needs to hear. Okay. So what's coming through right now is uh, a lot of love and um calling you into self-compassion for yourself and I often say you didn't skip school the day they taught everybody else about money they just never taught it and so what I I would love for everybody to know is there is nothing broken there is nothing wrong with you you um the shame and guilt and all the layers that you have around money um yours to carry because you were never taught uh, how to relate to money in a healthy way and so um, just an invitation here to to shine a lot of love and self-compassion on you as you you go through this journey of unlearning all the things about money and and relearning a new way. Beautiful thank you thank you so much again for your time Tara and for sharing your insights and I look forward to seeing what comes of your course and the people that actually join it and if they join from here please let us know. 
that you found Tara through Business to Your Own Beat and also leave a comment or a review or um, reach out to Tara and I if there's anything that you heard today that just like really touched you where you needed to hear it. So you can either share a post and tag us in or DM us because it is really encouraging to hear that what we share is actually of value to you for both of us and we're both obviously both very passionate about helping people. So yeah, any key takeaways, be sure to share it with us because we'd love to hear from you. And yeah, thank you, Tara. I'm really pleased we were able to connect and we're able to share this with my audience and soon to be your audience too. So, <laughs> Thank you so much, Marie Nicole. It's been such a joy to be here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for your time. I know how valuable it is and I hope you got value out of listening to this podcast. If you are looking for a coach to support and guide you through your own unique journey of creating a life you love, then reach out for a connection call. And if you'd like to connect with other creative souls in person by joining us at a workshop, a retreat, or to book a unique um, shopping experience here at Creators Nest, I run those by appointment. So check out the website for more details. The link is in the show notes. Oh, and please leave a review. I'd love to hear any insights or inspirations that were activated in you from this podcast. And I look forward to drumming, dancing, or soaring alongside of you.